Welcome to the Score Podcast. It is estimated that approximately 40 million Americans owe approximately $1.3 trillion in student loan debt to the U.S. government, for which they haven't had to make a payment in three years. That's about to end. The question is, what happens next? I'm Jeff Richardson, host of The Score podcast, where we always speak to the most informed leaders in the marketplace. With the forbearance period on student loan payments set to officially expire by around August 30th, 2023, nearly 40 million Americans who have not made payments on their federal student loans in the past three years are facing new payment obligations. VantageScore has been monitoring the situation closely and educating consumers and lenders on how student loan forbearances and the resumption of payments can impact consumer credit health and the ability to do things like apply for and access credit. New research from VantageScore shows there will likely be a large proportion of student loan borrowers who will miss their first payment. Joining me today are two of my colleagues I am delighted to welcome to the SCORE podcast, Dr. Andrada Pacheco and Ritika Sinha. Dr. Pacheco, more affectionately known as Andrada, is Senior Vice President of Data Science and Modeling here at VantageScore, where she provides leadership to the data science team in research development and the maintenance of our credit scoring models and other analytic solutions and products. Andrada is also VantageScore's most tenured team member followed by yours truly. And between us, we have over 20 years of experience under our belt when it comes to working for VantageScore. I'm also pleased to be joined by Ritika Sinha, one of our amazing data scientists at VantageScore. Ritika uses her analytic experience in wrangling consumer credit data sets and conducting different simulation analysis to understand consumer credit score impact and the result of consumers' different credit behavior. And that's really important for the conversation we're about to have today. Before joining VantageCore, she completed her master's degree in business analytics and project management at the University of Connecticut. Andrada and Ritika, thank you so much for joining the SCORE podcast today. Thank you so much, Jeff. Very excited to be here. Thank you, Jeff. I'm glad to be here. Thanks a lot. So there has been a lot of attention and articles written about the upcoming end to the student loan forbearance period. But uh, Andrada... If we could step back a little, can you share with the listeners how we got to this point? Well, at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, as an emergency measure with the pretty much purpose to bring relief to borrowers during a time of hardship, the federal government stopped requiring payments on most federal student loans. This payment pause, or what is called also forbearance, included suspension of student loan payments, no interest rates, and stopped collections on defaulted loans since March 2020, almost three years ago. The pause was originally set to expire in September 2020. However, after several extensions, it is now set to expire by the end of August this year, and consumers now with federal student loan debt will have no further relief. Gotcha. So obviously this all stems from the pandemic. And now the Department of Education has announced that the period is ending. So borrowers will be expected to begin repayments. VantageCore, or more specifically, both you and Ratika, have done some excellent analysis on how many consumers are actually expected to make that first payment. So can you share with us what you examined and how many borrowers are likely to repay based on your analysis? Sure. So first of all, we used anonymized random credit records that we had from the three CRCs, Credit Reporting 
companies, and we modeled the expected behavior after the student loan forbearance period ends based on two types of information or two types of credit behavior. The borrower credit behavior, the one year before the pause, and the borrower credit behavior during the pause itself. So we pretty much looked and analyzed at how student loan borrowers have paid all their obligations before the pandemic period, but also how these student loan borrowers have paid all their non-student loan obligations during the pandemic period. Additionally, we also looked or took into consideration if pause borrowers made payments on their student loan during the forbearance period, even if they were not required to do so. So based on these different scenarios that we conducted, we estimate that when the relief period ends, likely between 24% and 66% of the borrowers may return to making their first student loan payment. And so, of course, that leaves a significant number of borrowers that will not make those payments. So what then is the impact we would expect to their Vantage credit scores? Student borrowers that will resume their payments on time will likely experience a a score increase as expected, and, and that would be around up to eight points on average. However, Borrowers that will not be resuming payments at the end of the three-year pause will likely experience a score decline. And the score decline will vary between 49 and 82 points on average when this new delinquency will be reported on their files. Overall, as a result of all this score movement, we could see a one to nine points decline in the average Vantage score 4.0 credit score when the reporting resumes. And the, yeah, and that's the, the national average Vantage score credit score. So that's super interesting insight, Andrada. Ritika, let's, let's switch gears a bit and talk a little bit about what consumers and student loan borrowers have at their disposal. There's another program called Fresh Start, which was announced last year by the Department of Education. Can you explain a little bit about what Fresh Start is and how those changes could impact borrowers' Vantage score credit scores? Sure, Jeff. So in April last year, the U.S. Department of Education, they announced that it would eliminate the negative effect of the default for borrowers with pre-pandemic defaulted federal student loans. So as part of the Fresh Start program, for one year after the student loan payment resumes, an estimated around 7.5 million borrowers with a defaulted federal student loan will not be subject to any collection efforts. And additionally, eligible borrowers will have the opportunity to enroll in a one-step rehab and be transferred to a non-default loan servicer with reworked loan payments. However, at the end of the program period, if any borrowers who did not enroll in the Fresh Start repayment plan or did not make any payments during the period, will automatically return to the default collections. So our analysis found that if borrowers take full advantage of this Fresh Start program benefits, which is offered by the Department of Education, they will likely experience positive changes to their score over time and to their financial health as well. 
In fact, like 98% of defaulted borrowers who take advantage of the Fresh Start Rehabilitation Program and make on-time payment during the year experience a score increase of 61 points in average. However, if borrowers go back into default on the rehabilitated loans, then they will experience a very significant drop in the credit score of around 50 points on average by the end of the program. Ritika, thank you. That is critical information for consumers and loan servicers and, and those that interact with student loan borrowers to, to understand. Ritika Andrada, thank you for you and your team's great work on this. Some of the findings are, are, are rather sobering, but it's better that we can help consumers and lenders and other market participants brace for what's ahead rather than fly blindly. And it's good to also note that there's programs like Fresh Start out there. Thank you both for being on the SCORE podcast. Pleasure to be here, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, for having us here. Stating the obvious, when payment obligations resume for federal student loans, it'll be a significant event for credit markets. Large-scale point drops for consumers can obviously impact their ability to apply for loans, but it could also impact capital requirements for lenders that are tied into their loan portfolio's risk, which are actually measured in part by using credit scores but can also affect things like credit lines and securitization. By informing the market on what's potentially ahead, we can brace for these changes and manage accordingly. And I should note, for more information on this topic, we've got a number of blog posts and fact sheets available. Go to VantageScore.com and click on the blog, and you can download a fact sheet, and we'll include a link in the podcast description and in our social media feeds around it. Thank you very much to Andrade and Ritika for joining us. I'm Jeff Richardson, and I look forward to our next conversation. The views and opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Vantage Score Solutions. Visit VantageScore.com to learn more.